0: You're listening to Write Write from the Texas A&M University Writing Center. If you pay attention to the English language in enough nerdy detail, you'll start to notice a few places where little holes pop up. Tenses can get weird, so can plurals, and don't even get me started on articles. But there's an interesting hole out there that has been getting a lot of attention recently the English language's need for a third-person, singular, gender-neutral pronoun. If we want to refer to someone we don't know their gender, or we want to make our language generic, we can either refer to someone with the pronoun it, which, I mean, good luck with that, or we have to get creative. Either way, we end up with a solution which is not nearly as elegant as if we just had a gender-neutral pronoun in the first place. A long-standing convention, at least in print, is to use the generic he in those situations, It's a solution to the pronoun problem dreamed up in the 17th century by a few aristocrats who were writing out some grammar guides for the newly literate masses.
1: A lot of things that people think of as grammar rules were actually kind of just invented by some of these authors of grammar guides. And those guides were often very explicitly misogynistic.
0: That's Dr. Lao Zimman, a linguist at the University of California, Santa Barbara. So
1: they would say, um, for instance, that you should list men first. You should say men and women rather than women and men, because men are the superior gender.
0: It kind of sounds shocking now, but that's pretty much how these things worked in the 17th century. But we are, of course, not in the 17th century anymore. And there are many out there who want to rein in some of our language conventions that put us in sexist territory. In 2015, the American Dialect Society voted singular they as word of the year. It's a solution to that same pronoun problem we were talking about earlier. Instead of the generic he, we can now use they. Like, they need to see a doctor, even if we're only referring to one person. Singular they has roots throughout the history of the English language. There is evidence of the pronoun being used colloquially from hundreds of years ago and into the present moment. And many writers, like Shakespeare, Dickens, and Austin, use the singular form of they. Of course, there are some people who object to this usage. Most commonly, you'll hear that with singular they, there's no way to know who or how many people we're talking about when we use it. It's just too ambiguous.
1: And it's important to remember that pronouns are actually
0: inherently ambiguous. That's how they work. If you say something like, Susan told me that she and her mother were coming to the party, and she's bringing the food, you don't necessarily know who she is. The person could either be Susan herself or maybe her mother. The point here is that the meaning of pronouns isn't always so cut and dried. The way we talk about the world is full of little ambiguities. Lal thinks it's pretty clear. Singular they holds up grammatically.
1: None of the reasons that I've heard um, that that have been put forth as linguistic arguments have any kind of real linguistic grounding to them. They're all pretty easy to disprove as a linguist. So I think um, it's important to get people to see to begin with that their objections to singular they are in fact grounded in social issues rather than linguistic issues.
0: One of those social issues is the fact that there's a growing number of people using they as their personal pronoun. Instead of asking to go by he or she in conversation, some people prefer to use they all of the time, not just when someone doesn't know their gender. Let's say your friend Juan doesn't feel comfortable being referred to as he or she. Juan may ask you instead to use they when talking about them. For example, Juan said they were feeling ill, so they went home.
2: So instead of using singular they for a stranger, we ask folks to use it for someone they know. Me. Me and other people who use singular they.
0: That's Dr. Lee Ayrton. They run a blog called They Is My Pronoun, and they just recently started a consulting business which helps companies understand gender as it relates to their mission. Lee says gender is often used as a sort of cheat sheet for how we interact with the world, but that doesn't always play out for everyone in the same way
2: so the most i would say common reason why a person would have they as their preferred gender pronoun is because something about being categorized in an m box where you would probably use he or him or an f box where you would use she or her something about that doesn't feel right for the person
0: Singular They helps to open up our language, so it's a bit more inclusive of people who don't identify with traditional conceptions of gender. Of course, this can make speaking and writing feel a little bit more difficult if you're not used to it. Learning to call someone by a different pronoun isn't always easy, and being scared not to misgender someone may trip you up. But Singular They offers a great way to be more inclusive in the way that we communicate.
2: What the Singular They movement asks us to do is to is to stop and to pause And to gather all the available information we have and reflect on whether this is a moment when I want to use some kind of gender language based on what I know. And maybe I'll get it wrong. But it's it's an invitation to not just use it because it's always going to work out. Because that's simply not the case anymore.
0: For some, singular they is partially a tool to fix a gap in the English language. But for others, it's an invitation to express their identity more authentically. It's also a great way to think about how gender conventions interact with the way we communicate, and I'd love to explore that theme a bit more. If you have any questions, thoughts, or stories about gendered communication, give us a call on the Right Right hotline. Just leave your name and message, and you could be on the show. Here's the number. 218-382-6892. This has been an episode of Write Right, a production of the Texas A&M University Writing Center, a service of the Department of Undergraduate Studies. My name is Davis Land, and I wrote and produced this episode. I had editorial help from Nancy Vasquez, Flo Davies, and Nick Synergy. If you're a Texas A&M student, we offer online and in-person consultations about your papers, presentations, and anything else that involves communicating clearly. You can find us online at writingcenter.tamu.edu, and on Twitter is at tamuwc. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and if you stop by our office we'll give you a ride in our brand new time machine.